You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, sweetie, what do you think of our new car from Carvana? Think it can handle our busy family? Well, we have seven days to see. First, we can take the scenic route to the beach and stargaze through the moonroof. We'll see if your drums fit in the trunk. Then we can pick up mommy's friends and check out that leg room. And we should really visit grandma. She's getting up there. That's like a whole lifetime in seven days. And like one busy family. With our seven-day money-back guarantee, you can confidently shop for cars 100% online. Visit Carvana.com for all terms and conditions. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. Hey, everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey, everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. From the Tony Award-winning mega-hit musical Jersey Boys, I am chatting with Broadway's original Frankie Valli, Tony and Grammy Award winner John Lloyd Young. On this episode of Burying It All with Call Me Adam, John Lloyd will be discussing his legacy, lessons learned, and much more. So stay tuned. Hi, John Lloyd. Hey, how are you doing, Adam? Good. How are you? I'm uh, hanging in there like all of us. Yes. Trying yes. to hang in there. Yes. Well, I'm very glad that you uh, had time today to come on my show. Um, we have so much to talk about. So uh, why don't we just jump right in and get started? Sounds good. All right. So let's start with the legacy portion of the conversation. So X amount of years from now, when somebody mentions the name John Lloyd Young, what do you want people to remember about you or say about you? That he did what the hell he wanted. And it was very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I knew you from when you starred on Broadway in Jersey Boys which you, not only did you star on Broadway, but you starred in the London production, the film version of it. It's been a big part of your life. Absolutely. So what, what do you want people to know about Jersey Boys in regards to your body of work? Um, I'll leave it at that. It ended up becoming the pinnacle of the sort of the beginning of my career. Um, up to that point, of that Broadway debut and that show, you know, I was able to employ all the skills that I had gained up to that point. So, you know, like all, even things like the viewpoints or something, right? Uh, you know, the learning how to age yourself physically by by moving slower as you age, and and things that bringing your voice down a little bit as you age, and things like was able to take those skills that I had learned over years onto the stage and, um, and take them out to play, obviously to a really successful, you know, completion. Um, but that was basically it. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, you know, when Jersey Boys happened that that was the end of the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it was a, a little bit of an adjustment, but one of the great things about it is that is that actors actors hope to have a breakout in their career that no one can ever forget, and I had mine pretty early. And then, of course, you mentioned there were other iterations of it. So I get to do it in London, where the audience is, uh, you know, was just enthusiastic at the end of the show, but kind of quiet and very English, you know, for during the whole show. I was mm-hmm. able to laugh every three minutes, you know. 
And then, um, and then the movie too, which was Clint Eastwood, who is not someone you would expect to do a Broadway musical movie adaptation. So it became its own animal altogether. Um, and I feel that, uh, wow, I mean, how often do you get to give two completely different spins to the same character in life, right? I got to have the big, exuberant, slick Broadway experience and then what ended up being a Clint Eastwood drama and who knew because the script was very similar, but it had a completely different feeling. Uh-huh. So um, on the one hand, I have this really happy legacy. And on the other, there were a lot of things that I kind of expected as a young actor to maybe do that then were kind of rendered over and done with. Uh-huh. Interesting dynamic, but which in the beginning was bewildering and now, um, I have everything that an actor who hopes to have a big splash in some show, I have uh-huh. everything that someone who has that would have, and it only took one show. I'm, I mean, now I realize as I get older, that's a real privilege. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Because so many, so many actors look for that, like one breakout show. And I yeah. mean, you were so lucky to have it, like pretty much right off the bat, like you said. I mean, and right, and my it wasn't off the broad. It wasn't off the bat right away in terms of I had done my dues paying and things that were under the radar for years, but it was yeah my first Broadway show. Yes, and, yes. Um, and when it comes down to what you hope to get from a big starring role in a Broadway show, I got all of it. I don't ever have to do another Broadway show again, if if I don't want to, mm-hmm. and I still have Broadway stardom. So. Whenever I would feel sorry about my, sorry for myself for not getting a job I want or whatever, I remember that and I'm like, you man, you got it made on one Broadway show. Like and it's like talk about not having to do a lot of work for all the perks of stardom, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, it's a good situation to be in. Yes, definitely, definitely. And how did you keep it? How did you keep the show fresh for you every night? Because I mean, as everyone knows, the Broadway show, it doesn't change. The audience changes from night to night, but the performance, the show, is the show. It's very easy for me because when I go out on stage, I am, and I've always uh, felt this way, I'm there in service of the audience. And so um, I like the attention, just most actors do, but my personality as a performer is more... uh, I've said this before, but there's, you know, I think it was an acting teacher or something at one point said to me, there are two types of performers. There's a type that shows up and says, here I am. And there's a type that shows up and says, there you are. Mm -hmm. And I've always been the type that shows up and says, there you are. And uh, so each new audience, you kind of feel for what they need. And you just think about the numbers. At least 95% of the people in that audience have never seen it before. Mm -hmm. And so you want them to, especially if they come to see your Tony award winning performance, you know, or the Tony award winning show, you know, you want them to, or even the, the show that's just getting all this buzz before mm-hmm. that stuff happens. You want them to see what all the fuss is about. Um, and even though I wasn't an owner of the show, like had writ- written it or whatever, I had the same philosophy as like Lin-Manuel had with his own show that he wrote and like, the better Hamilton did, the better he did financially. It wasn't like that with Jersey Boys, obviously. But that whole ham for ham thing, 
if I could have done that for Jersey Boys, I would have done it. Mm. You know, I did things engaging with the audience, waiting outside for rush tickets or whatever they were, or cancellations. I, if it was a hot day, I bring them water. If it wow. was in the middle of the winter, I brought them hot chocolate. I didn't get anything back from that, and certainly the producers didn't ask me to do it. But I had a sense of we own this thing because we're it. We are the actors. We're this is ours also. Maybe I had a little bit of a rude awakening later when I realized that none of the other creators felt that way. <laughs> but, you know, but, I, but but they did sufficiently to let me do the movie. I mean, I never would have done that without Frankie Valley's uh, approval. So. Mm -hmm. You know, that's my philosophy is it's it's about the audience, it's always about the audience. And um, and that's that's how things stay fresh for me. Always, mm. always someone's first time at the rodeo. Yes. Yes. And uh, speaking of audiences, you are also getting ready to do your annual Valentine's Day concert from Las Vegas um, yeah. this February. Yeah. Um, now, of course, this year it's going to be a little different than in previous years, but um, what do you, what do you want people to know about, because you've performed all over the world and all over the country doing concerts, but what do you want people to know specifically about your Valentine's day show? Why, why did, why do you like doing this show every year? Um, and then what do you sort of want just people to know about your concert work in general? Well, is, so Valentine's Day has become sort of a specialty in my concert career, um, and not surprisingly, you know, when you think about um, what kicked me off in New York, with just playing this really emotional Italian singer, you know, working out his problems through these songs, right? That's the kind of singer I am in real life, too. So um, Valentine's Day is a perfect overlap of occasion and repertoire for me. So I have all of these really fantastic love songs, many of them the classic ones, Unchained Melody or Hurt So Bad or whatever, and just really work out those feelings in these love songs. And um, I just think it's the perfect time of year to hear these kind of songs. It's almost like you want to hear Christmas songs at Christmas. Well, Valentine's Day, these doo-wop or R&B or, um, classic rock love songs are the perfect thing to roll out. So I always have a gig at Valentine's day. And of course this, of course this year, um, you know, have to do it. We have to do it virtually, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, and, but I've been doing that since July about once every month or six weeks at this place in Las Vegas that Adam Pascal just played. Um, that is a really fantastic place called the space. And it's, for those of us who are New York people, it's like a black box theater. And for those of us who are LA people, it's a small soundstage. And um, and so I can do a, and I've done live performances there for audiences over the years. We just have adapted it into a, basically a TV studio for these live streams. And so for those people who already come to my Valentine's Day concerts that I do in New York or other places in the world, mm -hmm. they can be a fly on the wall in something that will be feel very familiar to them without having to leave their house. Mm. And to the people who haven't seen it before or who don't want to travel to New York City to see something at the Carlisle, which admittedly is an expensive way to see me in concert, <laughs> you know, um, that, you know, for a, a really great 
discount to that experience with no hotel room or all those things. You just turn on your computer and see what maybe, you know, get a sense for why I always have a job on Valentine's Day. This is, you know, it's perfect kind of concert for Valentine's Day, this this material that I do. Yeah. And we're, we're going to get... Um... We're going to get into lessons learned a little later, but, but what is something that you have learned from being in love? In general? In general. It's like a scab that you like to scratch, you know? Mm -hmm. it's a, there's, there's a great feeling of working your way through those messy feelings of love through singing. Before we talk more about your live streaming concerts, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll finish up the legacy chat and then move into some rapid fire questions. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with John Lloyd Young. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For the fourth year in a row, Don is partnering with iHeartRadio for Can't Cancel Pride, a campaign that has raised over $11 million for the LGBTQ plus community. Don continuously strives to celebrate visibility and inclusivity for all, and that means supporting amazing organizations like Centerlink, providing safe spaces where over 52,000 community members go each week to receive critical and life-saving services. Don is there for your home, or your home away from home. So visit Can'tCancelPride.com to learn more. Hey everyone, my name is John Lloyd Young and you're listening to Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And now we're back. Because you've been doing a lot of live stream performances, how have you sort of adapted your performance style for the camera um, instead of having an audience there in front of you? How do you keep all that energy going? And Yeah, well, so just the other night, you know, when the the inauguration when John Legend sang that feeling good in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Yes. And then there was no applause after it. Mm -hmm. Any other inaugural, any other time in history, there would have been like thunderous applause from the throngs of people. Yes. It's a little weird sometimes to fade down on a song like that on a John Legend who just did a great sh job without that sound of applause. Mm -hmm. But I see these live streams still as a live performance, you know, clearly because they are, and they're unfolding in front of you in real time. I know that the audience at home will want to clap. Like I wanted to clap for John Legend watching him, and I probably did, you know, the other night. You just don't hear all the other applause, but actually something that's happened now in the protocols in Las Vegas is there are they are allowing a small audience to come in socially distanced it's like 25 people or something so eight feet apart each you know uh-huh wearing masks so oh, wow. last one, the last one i did the first couple i did 
you know, I just played the camera as though uh, the first row at the Carlisle, you know, mm-hmm. that's so every, every seat is a front row seat to a live stream. Right. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. you play, you know, I remember like a playing Jersey boys or even like, let's say the Hollywood bowl, 17,000 people. And the, the top row, you literally have to crane your neck like up all the way to see the top row. That's how extreme it is. You have to play the back row when you're playing a live venue, right? Mm-hmm. With these live streams, you play the front row, you play an individual multiplied by however many people are watching, but every person is right on the other side of the camera. You're playing mm-hmm. someone four feet away from you. So that's how I see it as very intimate. It's a, like you and me talking right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be like me giving you a concert right now, um, just the two of us. And mm-hmm. that's how I think of it is just the two of us multiplied by many people. This is actually a real performance space that has a perfect, I mean, of all the places I play live, even I would still say this, a perfect sound package and a really great lighting package. And so um, you get everything that you would in a live performance except for being there. Let's do some rapid fire questions. So let's start with a uh, favorite TV show. Dateline NBC. Ooh. Favorite musical? Rent. Oh, yes. Favorite play? Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Mm. Favorite cereal? Cocoa Puffs. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Favorite comfort food? Pizza. Mm. What do, you, do you like anything on your pizza? I like to switch it up. So it depends on my mood, but I, like all pizzas, I will n- never, you know, it's like, I'm not going to turn that down. <laughs> Favorite game show? Uh, um, Wheel of Fortune. Yes. Favorite board game? Scrabble. Yes. I love Scrabble. It's so, and I always cream people on Scrabble. I'm like, I'm so competitive with it. Do you play it on your phone too? No, 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 I don't play, you know, I don't play anything on my phone. I know, I think that's their next question. That is, that is a later question. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Keep going. So we'll, yes. we'll get to that when we get to it. Okay. Uh, Go to karaoke song. Uh, More than a feeling. Mm. And your go to emoji when texting. The prayer hands. Oh, yes. I'm Buddhist. And it's just, it's a nice, respectful way to say, yes, I respect you. Or hopefully this will happen or thank you. You know, I I love that. Yeah. Well, that's all the rapid fire questions. But what about the, what do you play on your phone? No, that's for, that's usually in lessons learned. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, we'll get to that one. We will. Yes. Uh, We are unfortunately out of time for today's show. Part two of my interview with John Lloyd Young, where we discuss lessons learned will be released soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I know everybody listening is going to enjoy our conversation. And um, also, don't forget to watch John's Valentine's Day concert. February 12th, it starts. February 12th at 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern. And then I believe it's a week that it's available on demand afterward. So, um, yeah. But the live stream itself is fun because it it happens in real time. Oh, and can I tell you one other thing I'm doing that's yes. special? Yes, please. I have a real like meet and greet game when when I'm doing live concerts before COVID. 
And because of there's no possibility of meet and greet, I've been doing a post show. Uh huh. This post show, I'm gonna sit at a little table with a tablecloth and a bottle of wine, and we're gonna have a dating round one on one. Audience members in a call in. We're gonna do voice calls, and it's gonna be a you know we're gonna have a date. And I'm oh going to drink God. that whole bottle of wine just like the Graham Norton show. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be the, the, you know, as it goes on, it'll become more and more fun. So that's a special. That, that is very exciting. And where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, John Lloyd Young, no spaces, no punctuation um, on Instagram. It's, it's not verified so yet. So there are other ones. So you know it's me. There's little sunglasses after John Lloyd Young, all one word, no faces. And then uh, uh, Twitter is Genuine JLY. Great. Well, go follow John on social media. Watch his live stream February 12th. And always just remember here at the Broadway Podcast Network, we have thousands of hours of arts and theater related podcasts. So keep listening. Thanks, Adam. Thank you. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, live for the business of show. Callmeadam.com. Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam everywhere you stream podcasts. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com slash callmeadamnyc. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advanced notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite, swag. 